If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Metal Break. Throughout the soft and timeless days of August, till now the shadows begin to grow much longer. The sunset's fire has deepened blood red. I give you this, the last rose of summer. And the last rose of summer is, of course, me. <laughs> Johannes Eckström. Uh, because I am so, because I smell good. Uh. And uh, next to me, picking the rose of summer off the ground, smelling it, taking it all in, and uh, and be just being psychedelically overwhelmed by all the memories and wild association, nostalgia it brings. It's my co-host and cohort. The cohort. <laughs> You know that for one second I thought that you you say the cohort. No, that is the cohort. That is something, isn't it? A cohort. There's something army or something. The Huns. Ah, I don't know. It's something. Anyway, you're a co-host. Also co-hosting, <laughs> chewing on a bit of dried skin. Ill. Not our dry skin. That would be. Hmm. No, that would be bad, is also Vincent the Chihuahua. Yes. So the whole gang is here. Yeah, also the rain is here. Also so we rain. thought that it was a perfect shitty day to talk about our long gone summer and what the heck we did and why we didn't record anything. Exactly. Yay! Because <laughs> we barely saw each other. We, honestly, we didn't see each other. We... Well, we're gonna. Well, we I guess we're gonna go through chronology, chronologically. Chronologically. What? Chronologically, oh. from the beginning to the end. Uh, but yeah, we had some end. time spent together in the beginning, doing metal things. So it's relevant for the podcast. Then we had all in all, I don't know, three days where we were in the same country at the same time. No. No. No, because when you were here, I went to Italy. Yeah. So, I saw you, I don't know, 10 hours? Yeah, but that was, that's part of a day. But that was, yeah, but also wasn't it the same back in July? I don't know. Like we just, you know, handed the, the dog over to one another. Here you go, bye. No, well, so we, all, we have both been traveling a lot in different times and doing our things. Our things, of course, being... Paki is a doctoral researcher. Yes. Is it doctoral or doctoral? <laughs> doctoral. Doctoral. Yes. Both sound wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You're a doctoral researcher, so you've been doing doctoral research things. Yes. And I am 
a singer in a metal band and I've done singing in metal bands kind of things. Mm. So when when do we define that summer starts here? <laughs> We're in Finland. No, but well, this this summer was so hot here that it's crazy and scary and everything in between. When does summer start here in Finland? Well, I guess those magic two weeks. So when do they start? Well, there's always they start in May. They come too early and leave too soon. No, in May here it's not summer at all. I was, wasn't it nice this May? But what well, I guess our summer, for the, for the sake of this podcast, starts with Mexico City. Yes. When uh, you were my plus one. Girl. Exactly. Yeah, I we, was a plus one. Yes. I brought nice outfits. I went to the gym to look all trim and stuff every morning. To I was I was uh, the su- football wife. Yes. <laughs> I was a trophy husband. Yes. So we were in Mexico City. Why? Because the International Society for uh, Metal Music Studies, together with the University of Mexico, organized the. Um, ISMMS uh, conference. Yeah. Yes. And that was a, a meeting of uh, metalhead academics uh, from the north, the global north, but especially from the global south. Because mm. with the ISMMS, what we are Uh, promoting is not only but we are putting a lot of emphasis and work lately on promoting the global south and Mm. artists from the global south and during the conference we we had a lot of fascinating like uh, presentation from anthropologists to sociologists um, religion studies Mm. I was there uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing, and uh, you helped with uh, with some. Uh, I don't know. You, you, what did you do for us? You kept. You oh were yeah, there was at the end because. Yeah. So number one, uh, Mexico City, what a lovely place. Uh, my gosh, my heart is still there. Yeah, we really liked it. We so all we stayed and uh, the conference took place and most where we would go and eat and go around and stuff would be in or very close to the historical and center. And here we are in June, by the way. Yeah. In the historical center of uh, Mexico City is called. And it was just so cool that you had this huge old ancient excavation site next to the big mighty Spanish build uh, yes. uh, Catholic church and everything in between and it was an old 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 ass college turned well I guess conference center or what would you mm-hmm. call it nowadays uh, where the conference was being held and yeah I was handing I was handing out the badges one day the passes yes checking off people off of we lists. met some patrons by the way yeah we did yeah it was awesome. Thank yeah, you for coming up and saying hi to us. It was very, very cool. And for me, it was amazing to finally meet because of COVID. And also because we come from so many different parts of the world. Um, I met the rest of the ISMMS um, board members only on Zoom. Mm. So to finally meet them like face to face was pretty amazing and to see you know all the work we put there to come to fruition and being amazing and let me take this opportunity 
to pay my respect to Alfredo Nives Molina that um, worked uh, for this conference and he organized this conference uh, with love and a limited uh, passion until the last day. Is uh, it's so weird to say he was. Mm. He's a wonderful academic and uh, a horrible illness took him from us and I just want to remember his passion for bringing the Global South to the academic attention uh, because it was truly unique. Uh, we lost him, yeah, the last day of the conference. Mm. So mm. it was... He was there for most of it, but it was... Yeah, yeah, he was, really was worked well. so much on it and without him this conference wouldn't have been possible uh, at all. Yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, what did you think? Because you were a metalhead, a metal musician with your wife that is a heavy metal academic uh, at a heavy metal conference. I was thinking a lot of things and uh, all dependent on which, because I actually sat and would listen to a lot of presentations, mm -hmm. you know, to until my... And, and Depending on the subject, sometimes it's uh, you sit there and feel like, oh, I know some of these words, and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then kind of, but you know, it's very, very ma much made for an initiated audience, yeah. and sometimes tough to follow. But then was also a great opportunity then to uh, to learn. Yeah, specific about bands of the global south different mexican groups was a lot of emphasis because of where we were of course mm -hmm. and and uh, stuff from africa and i will have to open i have saved the name of the band and i listen to them now but then i want to make sure that i don't mix it up in the while you do that i can uh, just uh, say a few words about how amazing it was to have uh, academics from colombia puerto rico brazil mm. Turkey, uh, it was truly amazing. Arkan, now how oh, exactly yeah. it's supposed to be pronounced? Uh, I think French is the official language. I think they were from Togo, if I remember. But anyway, so uh, but check them out. A R K A apostrophe N. They are on Spotify and I'm sure on other places. And uh, my jam for now is Warrior Song, which was also the first mm. song. The, the song that was played for us there when mm. the presentation was made. But, you know, it was a lot of these... Okay, one part is always that thing that we've been talking about and I on my own, you know, in my own music life talk about a lot how interesting it is that metal is so global in the sense that metal can so easily absorb uh, everything else, you know, all other music stuff uh, into it. There you can do jazz fusion, death metal, you can do reggaeton beats, you can do all of these different things, you know? Mm -hmm. So Arkan, of course, uh, super exciting from that point of view, but then their story in itself, when they are their country's literally only metal band, and, you know, all that comes with that. Uh, no, so there were just so many stories connected to the people's, you know, because you have the academic side of what you're actually trying to learn on a scientific academic level, and then you have the story, the amazing thing happening in the world, that this that this thing is about you know mm, mm, mm. so there were a lot of things like that and then the discovery of different types of 
more deep analysis and certain rhythms using certain way in certain music mm-hmm. and how that spill into metal a lot of those different stuff yeah and um our red line that was across i guess uh grand part of a big part of the conference was defiance mm. and uh, i guess there were two keywords i will say one was defiance and one was decolonization because everyone thinks that uh, heavy metal is you know west and is the global north but that's a really archaic view mm. heavy metal is music music is everywhere and yeah uh pissed off music is everywhere because everyone yeah. gets pissed off and scream and uh just you know takes an electronic guitar to find some relief and use words to be defiant and exactly. uh, uh, put out his or her or they uh, their frustration and it was actually very nice because i guess until i went there uh decolonization heavy metal or in culture was really theoretical in my mind uh, I understood it from a theoretical point of view, but then when we went there, uh, it was it was pretty special to see, you know, how many bands in the world use like um, their folk instrument, for example, mm. into heavy metal. So they take away that coloniality, so to speak, mm-hmm. and they make really heavy metal their own. Or, mm. uh, you know, we went also to a concert and there were people like there was basically us from the states or you know uh, europe we were a mm. uh, banging and then there were wonderful mexican people that were a uh, banging but also dancing it was yeah. so special to see how people uh use also their body to express heavy metal in a mm. different in a different way it was very very special actually the word decolonial decolonized decolonization was a word that I hadn't had reason to practice very much prior to this trip as you can all tell (laughs) no that was really uh, but because yeah like you say through in part I guess through your work has touched on things that has brought my mind there and then things I've learned through when you started this and of course on some level somewhere through music and elsewhere, but really not like this, really not thinking about it. And and uh, again, the global south being the place mm-hmm. where there is a need for that or an ongoing discussion and debate and a process mm-hmm. of that. And and from, you know, from state and government level down to just grassroots, what people are doing and defining themselves mm-hmm. as. It's just, of course, was very, I guess, exotic to me mm-hmm. and very exciting and interesting to see and i guess mexico in particular was a perfect place to learn about it because they're very very multi-layered history Mm-mm-mm. and uh, regarding my presentation what i spoke about was um a chapter i wrote for an upcoming volume uh defiant sounds heavy metal music in the global south uh, and this is edited by the wonderful Nelson Bratz Diaz, Jeremy Wallach, Esther Clinton, and uh, Daniel Navarez Araujo. And uh, my paper specifically looks at how different waves of uh, satanic panic um, 
and the different resolution of the satanic panics in uh, Iran, Egypt and Syria have affected uh, the defiance of heavy metal musicians in this country. And uh, so we presented also the book. It was very nice, actually. It was extremely nice and interesting. Yes. And stay tuned. I will tell you when it's published. Yeah. And then you will get it and read it. Yeah. And Mexico City. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. So. So I don't know. We because, can do an episode of Mexico yeah, City. Well, my let's, heart let's see how long is it, really uh, Yeah. I loved it. Now. So. In regards to the conference, again, like so we just we a bunch of nerds sitting and listening to each other's nerdy interests, and it was amazing. And uh, do you have uh, standout moments? Mm. Yeah, I guess the moment that we recorded the thank you for Alfredo that was uh, at the hospital that mm. that day was the last evening. And he couldn't come, or maybe he was not yet at the hospital, but he was very sick, so he couldn't come. And we recorded a video where we all the audience and the academics that were there uh, clapped for him, and uh, you know I said a few words to hmm. to thank him. And uh, I don't know, we we didn't know that we were going to lose him, so I guess that and. Yeah, but also meeting all the rest, like including uh, everyone that I mentioned for a Defiant Sound. They, they were there, mm. so it was very special. And, and, and I got to finally meet face to face the one, the only Mark Levine. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know even how to summarize him. So he's... Uh, member of my thesis committee uh, when my supervisor asked me if uh, I wanted to ask him to be a member of my thesis committee I came back home jumping like mm. crazy mm. because he is the the pioneer of uh, discovering heavy metal elsewhere and uh, the defiance and mm. uh, um, the sociological discourse and cultural discourse around heavy metal in the Middle East specifically. So basically it's the reason why I do what I do. So finally I got to meet him and the most amazing thing is that he's wonderful, like super humble. Mm. And he's a musician himself, he's mm. a heavy metal musician. And you discovered that you have friends in common or something like that. Oh, well, he was my friend in common for later in the summer, but we will get there. Ah, oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, and he has been playing guitar with amazing names. Yeah. I must say that everyone that was around you, your gang, were very cool and welcoming and friendly to me yeah. and stuff. Some of them poking me like I was a lab rat, like, oh, oh this is one of his... No, no. In all seriousness, like a really cool gang. And I would say, for me... Okay, spoiler alert, uh, alert, alert, spoiler alert, and full disclosure, me and Paki are married. <laughs> so, uh, a personal high point for me was just seeing you in your element like that, which, you know, also because we, most of your doing this has been through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I seen you in your element through recordings and Zoom screens and stuff, which yeah. looks very much like 
I don't know, a long ass gaming session for all I know, you know. Mm. But to now I got to come with you and see your element the way that you have had the opportunity to do with me so many times. And I saw you excel and your presentation went so well. And, oh, come on. And all those things. It really did. So, uh, so that was cool. Cool conference. Lots of nerdy things learned and about metal and uh, how also I guess how academics even think about metal and what they focus on and mm-hmm. how they like it's something I I don't know it's a lot to unpack and too much here to even like I would have to start real because there was some thoughts like I don't know it's it's very big and they zoom in on very small and uh, it's it was a great learn it it, it goes, gave a pause for thought I guess you say yeah I guess, I guess, yeah, you you, you really enjoyed it, mm-hmm. I think, right? Absolutely. Now, the trip itself, Mexico City. Well, we didn't get a lot of free time. No, that's also true. But I don't mind because the presentations and to hang out with my gang, like in, in real life, mm. uh, was amazing. So, who cares? Yeah. But the... Little that we got to spend uh, around Mexico City was so special to me because studying uh, sociology or religion, uh, you get to notice some things. Mm. And for example, for me, the square where there was um, there were a lot of uh, shaman, like mm. Aztec shaman, uh, and it was right uh, in the square where there was the dome. Hmm. was so beautiful to see this unity, you know, hmm. as I I study, for example, Iran, where there isn't the unity between Islam and pre-Islamic yeah, yeah, yeah. culture. So that was very nice. And I also got to realize one of my dreams, uh, that was to have the Aztec shaman blessing. Hmm. I always wanted to do that. Uh, spoiler alert, I I grew up as a weird child and I I was reading one of the first serious books that I read actually was about um, Mexico and the shamans and the Aztec and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I guess that's also one of the reasons why I love Chihuahuas, but yeah. And yeah, we got to buy a lot of crap for our Chihuahua. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, Mexico is good for Chihuahua. Well, uh, uh, duh. Duh. But <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to visit Chihuahua because we didn't have uh, time at all. Yeah, and that's but, a different part of the country, and it's yeah. a big place. But then, of course, we saw the pyramids, and yeah. that was very dope. And we're gonna. So it's a Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan. Teotihuacan? Something. Teotihuacan? The pyramids. The pyramids. Those Mexican yes. pyramids that you have seen in probably in, in a... Yes, the Mexican pyramids, dog. This is, of course, where I got to experience one of the more uniquely Mexican experiences. World famous, I would say. Uh, Montezuma's Revenge. Severe diarrhea. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was a, a in the desert sun. That, that was a, that that built some character. Mm-mm. But it was very impressive and a, and a beautiful place. Then it hits me. And this has nothing to do with with Mexico, the pyramids at all or something. I noticed a shift in where where I would 
being are nowadays where in the past i could you know step into a church and all build castles or you know architecture and go wow now i turn my head slightly to the right and saw the nature around the place Mm -mm. and there was where i got my deepest wow you know what a place yeah and then we went to the national um, anthropological museum What's one of the most impressive collections of anything I ever seen? Oh my god, because I was tired, I guess, and because I didn't get to think about anything else but the conference. Because mm. being a member of um, ISMMS, uh, I was, of course, nervous that everything would work perfectly yeah. well. Um, and also, you know, to finally meet my gang, so to speak, and being overwhelmed by the fact that I can call these amazing scholars my gang when I am just a doctoral researcher. Uh, I didn't really think about, oh, crap, I'm going to Mexico, so I'm going to see this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and this. So when we arrived to the museum... And there were so many rooms. And at some point, we go to one of the rooms. And from the door, <laughs> from the entrance, I see the Stone of the Sun. Mm. And the Stone of the Sun, I guess, would be best described as one of those like amazing archaeological finds of the Aztec era. This giant round stone sculpture, really, right? Like Yeah, and it's like the most famous... Mexican sculpture, basically. Yeah, and I feel like when this one of those things, it's like when you, if you see the movie Casablanca and suddenly you realize where everyone got their ideas from. Yeah. That the Stone of the Sun is such a has such a cultural presence that if you haven't seen the real version, you have seen some kind of alien conspiracy version of it, or some kind yeah, of magician a, in a video game version yeah. of it, or album cover version of yeah, it. Yeah, I am not an archaeologist or an historian, but, you know, it's one of those iconic mm. sculptures that you see everywhere. Yeah, so it was an emotional experience yeah. for you to see it? Yeah, and then, uh, oh, there were also those big, big... I don't know, how would you call it? Where they did the sacrifice and collected the blood. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, the, the blood stone, vats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Vassal. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, a lot of the sacrifice stuff. That, because this anthropological museum, it really followed the history of, you know, anthropological history of Mexico from Stone Age, hunter-gatherers yeah. up until, uh, well, colonization. Yeah. And beyond. Uh, and you had collections from all and over the country. And beyond for real, because when we were walking from our hotel to the conference venue, in between there were all the excavation, like people yeah. are just excavating, excavating, excavating. Yeah, all the yeah, time. yeah. Which is also, that was also a museum uh, in its own right there in Historical yeah. Center. But also, but back to the anthropological museum of anthropology. I'm also a DJ. Museum of anthropology. Did I say that right mm-hmm. this time? Good. Was also so you had the Aztec stuff, the Mexicas stuff, the Mayan stuff, mm. and uh, no, it was you know such a rich, just a very rich history and uh, yeah. everything. <laughs> you know, on top of that, it's being so amazing. Just the richness of it. Everything looked cool. Yeah, you know. and um, it was also one thing 
that you actually noticed is that you hear just Mexican music. So you don't hear like in stores or for example the archaeologists that were working they had the radio on mm. and it was always Mexican music. So it was never like I don't know Lady Gaga or something no. like that at the radio. And that was something that one of the presentations touched about. That wasn't the main point of the presentation, but just he said a number in this and this many percent of the music consumed in mm. Mexico is this is the traditional stuff, mm. the mariachi stuff and stuff yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. Which is interesting because that is something we in the in the north and the west we don't really do that much. You know, it could be argued that maybe the United States to some extent country music has had that role a bit but it's still mm. not really you know like it's always hip-hop pop yeah. we rock. don't listen to Tsumpa all the time you know? no exactly and uh, we don't listen to a nice violin and uh, accordion polska in sweden in h and yeah exactly <laughs> so that was also like yeah it was also very special to be there mm. because you get to really like immersed basically from the smell of the food to the sound mm. it's really like and we did find good mexican vegan food also oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. the happy cow app is your friend in all urban areas and it was plenty yes exactly and also like the one of the street where we went was so nice like you see like mexico city is such a religious or you think it's such a traditional religious city, but yeah. no, you had LGBTQ plus flags everywhere. I was so happy. Like, I think it's also, you know, when you get cities of that magnitude, they are simply everything. Yeah, yeah and yeah, there were very interesting clubs, so to speak. So it was yeah, very nice. That was very cool. Speaking of clubbing, uh, the whole academic army did make uh, did make Mexico City feel slightly more dangerous for a night and we went to an underground metal show didn't we yes but it was fantastic and that's uh, before when I say that uh, we saw what um, decolonialized mean means in mm. real life and I went from theoretically understanding it to really understanding mm. understanding it was that night exactly. because we saw two bands so one was Acrania the other was the Wicked Ones the reason we said it like this is we agreed to we would get one t-shirt each and yes. so Paki got the Wicked Ones I got Acrania yeah you know I would have got everything but there was nothing that was small enough mm. so the Wicked Ones they had a smaller one so mm. they won but they both of them oh my gosh they were so bloody good very very good now Acrania we are going to link them that's yeah for sure. so Acrania was this was had this mix of you know heavy but still kind of groovy aggressive mm. metal yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff with uh, you know and suddenly in every song came the trumpets came those rhythms yeah. came the mariachi yeah. stuff came all of that you know yeah so it's always this being thrown thrown back and forth between those two yeah. fields and it made so much sense of course yeah, like yeah. the way that they they write the music mm. they compose the music it was like of course mm. like it didn't feel out of place at all mm. and that's where you had you know us doing the our 
normal and stupid the banging and then the wonderful Mexican people like danced, dan- danced and uh, of course did the banging as well but yeah. you could see the culture there and uh, how again body is used to um, in a different way that is you know there are so many PhD researches about that like the mm. use of body to express and stuff like that so mm. we could t- talk until tomorrow but we are just at the first week <laughs> so yeah yes. so that was the first week of summer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so next on the agenda this summer was uh, Avatar returning to the festival stage mm-hmm. so if we were we had a little weekend trip to Rock Imperium Festival in Spain and then this the, time without Paki. Yeah, this time without Paki. Because the before the pandemic, you took me to Spain. Yeah. And then we went to Hellfest. Where without Paki. Yeah, without Paki. And okay, so this was a lot of Spinal Tap mixed with a lot of awesomeness. A lot of uh, in Spain. So this was the first show of this crew we had pieced together. And uh, we had maximum bad luck in a ton of different ways, including, okay, so you have in, you know, we have our in-ears monitors. We hear music in our ears. We listen to Walkman on stage with each other playing. And Do you want to explain to people what are the, your um, I guess exactly what I said, piece. Walkman. Yeah. Like, it's like you put a little, you know, you have these molds of your ear shape. Mm-hmm like earbuds that you put in and they go to a little pack that touch to your body that has a little antenna mm-hmm. and receive signal from someplace else where you have the mix where you what's have what's your mix well, what's your recipe now all the all the instruments of everyone playing on stage but in different volumes different yeah. amounts so what's the highest one yeah vocals louder sorry. vocals and that's the thing everyone if you listen to somebody else's mix like if i listen to Hendrix, like fuck your bass is loud mm-hmm. and if you listen to john fuck the drums are loud like why would you need this much cymbals you're sitting next to them mm-hmm. and so that's how it goes around mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <that's> like... <laughs> for instance something that happened this summer is that i was a bit giddy on stage and uh so i was holding out the microphone to the audience for them to sing in and then i have hendrix microphone in front of me so I go woo into that one but hendrix <laughs> has that microphone much much louder than he has my microphone on which means i see him standing playing next to me with his like like getting almost going epileptic (laughs) from yelling into his microphone instead of my own so yeah we all have our own levels of volume yeah but beside vocals that's what no no yeah vocals guitars drums everything everything yeah but what's the loudest one in your mix no then i try to have it balanced record like and i though and i it varies how the drums varies from the size of the stage might dictate that i need more or less of some of him Mm. of john's stuff but I always avoid the symbols. Because also, remember, my microphone is also right in front of John most of the show. Also, mm-hmm. if I go back to drink water, so I'm like, <laughs> I hear lots of yeah, symbols yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, I, so I usually avoid the overhead. It's called the microphones that pick up most of the symbols and rights and, and that, the crashes. Um, 
No, but otherwise just trying to be balanced. I try to use, cause, because we are using our, you know, we need to play to a click track because of what we have in, you know, we have backing tracks with synthesizers and whatnot mm -hmm. and the light shows. And I try to have as little of the click track as possible and lean on what, you know, lose myself in what the other guys are playing. Mm -hmm. Then there are some theatrical moments where I do need click at all because mm -hmm. it's kind of comes from I'm leading, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Anyway, let's go back to the crew. Well, the important part is all that you hear that that is all that important shit. It didn't work <laughs> for John. I think John goes out on stage and we open. I think with it was a hail the apocalypse. So John goes out by himself. Actually, we're just doing, we were doing this funny thing of John giving out roses. Oh yeah, out. that was so we found, sweet. We tried to find some cheesy song in the local, low. You know, we had Julio Iglesias in Spain, for instance, and John was dancing out to that, throwing out roses. And then went on the drum kit to start playing and couldn't hear a goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. So that was a, that was a nightmare. And, and it's bad enough that John has to go over to try to fix it over there. In that, and what always happens, and I always want to kill someone, mm. is I have things that I decide that I want to say on stage that will lead up. And I take the audience, the whole point is to take the audience from point A to point B. Mm. So I say things, and we are Avatar, and we happen to be here, and maybe I say something funny or whatever, mm. and it builds. And we're gonna do this, yeah, and we're gonna do that, yeah, and I'll be fucking ready for the song, yeah, and here it is, it's paint me, tap, tap on the shoulder, mm. stall. What? Stall, kill time, mm -hmm. we need more time. Mm -hmm. Okay, no, so okay, so now we have to. Hold up to you. Uh, John or someone, because they were trying to fix. And it's, if I know, it's better if they tap me in the beginning and say, this might be a while stall. Mm. But always when I, it's paint, me, no, it isn't. Okay, fuck, okay. So now, hi, everybody. <laughs> now suddenly I feel like, oh, you're all looking at my dick. It's hanging out. I have no pants. I'm in school. Wow. And then I have to try to handle that situation somehow. And... You know, and you have some stupid jokes and whatever. Like, it's one thing I saw online that I stole is that like, hey, I got this great knock knock joke, but you have yeah, to, yeah, but yeah. you have to go first. Yeah. You know, and then I read in, I say knock knock, and then I say who's there, then I don't say anything for a little bit, and, and you know, try to kill time joking or whatever, mm -hmm. and then it's I have to walk over there and I fucking fix it <laughs> because mm -hmm. I gave John mine. Mm -hmm. So then I could, and then I was just playing, listening to the PA and the mm -hmm. bass rumbling on stage and stuff. Not ideal, but I'm really good, so it was fine. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> did you go back in time when uh, you didn't have it? When you poor band? No, because when. Band? No, no, because then <laughs> we had monitors on stage and that was kind of awesome. Still like that. The in ear thing is, uh, it's not my favorite thing, it's very practical. And now we have this of such a quality that it's good what we're doing. But if I could just have, you know, speakers How loud on stage, do you have the audience? Um, I have them not too loud because I need to balance out things so they don't mm -hmm. kill each other in mm -hmm. there. Because um, if everything is loud, then it's get compressed in there mm -hmm. and then I hear nothing instead. Yeah. So I'm kind of careful with the audience loudness and I get visual cues instead. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I feel them enough anyway. Mm-hmm. The other guys like to crank it up and, you know, mm-hmm. get excited from it. But, uh, but I'm, I'm so exciting anyway. What's the weirdest uh, mix? Probably Jonas. Sorry, I get very mm. nerdy on those things. Yeah, no, yeah. probably Jonas. Why? I think his guitars are disproportionately loud. All of us are others are kind of put aside and a click is stupid high, you know. As far as I, if I remember, it's kind of like that. Okay. Um, very functional to just hitting his notes right and what he needs to do that. You know? Yeah, but he has to follow the music, so he has to follow Yeah, but that, that, that is also music, you know, it's just... Yeah. Uh, and these are all just different different diapers we're wearing, different safety belts and helmets to feel mm-hmm. good. Because what also happens, every time something is wrong and, oh, we have to play without click, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're really good, actually. Mm-hmm. We can do this, you know, like, it's no problem. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's it's fine, you know, but it's, for, it's a technical need mm-hmm. uh, to make the show run the way mm-hmm. we want to run the show. Uh, and it is at a cost that running the shows in other ways. But anyway, so that didn't quite work in Spain. That was, but that you know, otherwise cool festival, great crowd. Um, I was also so excited, like for once I would be able to sneak a little peek of like, hey, Rhapsody are back, or Rhapsody of Fire, you know, like mm-hmm. they're not because they had this this weird. We're gonna split up in two different Rhapsodies, but we're still friends. We promise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Sure, but so I go up there and like, well, they all look, you know, they they okay. Alex are all on the keyboards, cool, and they're like they do look like curly little Italians but I'm, they're not my curly little that's not Fabio no but imagine if the it was no one from the band like it wasn't Rhapsody at all it was but like one imagine guy. if the fellowship of the ring uh, gets the fellowship of the rings gets divided yeah. and they do two sub fellows well, we are we are we are Boromir's fellowship of the ring of yeah. fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pippin's Fellowship of the Ring yeah. of Steel. By the way, I just want you to know um, I love you all very, very, very much. And I understand why you do it. But please stop for the love of Satan to send me on Instagram picture news article about this fake Amazon. TV show that they... The Middle Earth stuff. Yeah, is done to destroy the most magical creation and period created by Tolkien that is, you know, the Cimmerillion period. Like, I don't want to know anything about it. Uh, it's it's no Lord of the Rings from, from the... Um, from the trailer, I was already pissed and disappointed, and they want to do Game of Thrones in meets Helps. Uh, if they want to do it, you do boo, but I am pissed. <laughs> so um, maybe it's good, maybe it's fantastic, but I don't want to take the risk because you know my mental health is fragile. <laughs> so and I've done a lot. To, to reach a kind of balance. Johannes knows. And uh, he's also very careful to not provoke me, all right? So, love you all. Do not send me any more crap. I about have to jump days. ahead in Thank time because this reminds me of a story that, that happened on this summer on tour. 
Okay. And just funny, speak of Lord of the Rings, and I think about you and your devotion to Tolkien, and you have, of course, your Lothlorien leaf tattoo. Yes. Which someone had that I met, I guess, was a girlfriend of the couple was at a, mm-hmm. at a show and stuff. But then was also funny that we got our little Fellowship of the Ring tattoos. Yes. And it was a girl in the front row in Edinburgh mm. with that on her arm. Mm. It's like, hey, is that, is, is that elfish on your arm? You know? <laughs> and I'd talk, yeah, because I got it. I can't show you, but I got it here. Like, it's a Fellowship of the Ring. And then the thing is, I got it. We were really blackout drunk in a friend's apartment, that? you know. Yeah, and, and I just wondered, were you there? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't. Okay. And Not, who gave you the, your tattoo? You did. Yes. Me and of every okay let me just side <laughs> yeah, sidetrack yeah, yeah. one second i am pretty knowledgeable about tattoos because almost my full body is full of tattoos mm. so uh i should fucking know better and one of the rules is you don't share needles <laughs> we were young we were free we were you drunk. you we were don't stupid. do it drunk uh, and uh, you don't say to the person that is tattoo, you do whatever the fuck you want. Because we did this, uh, we all took the same, so the Fellowship of the Rings yeah. uh, symbol. And uh, I gave, I tattooed you, and may I say, it's and a I, perfect... And I didn't tattoo anyone. Yeah, but isn't it that it's he's perfect. a blessing? In, yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. No. I once tattooed a banana and I still feel bad for the banana. Yes, but no, I was surprised because I was drunk. I don't know what I was doing and it was my very cheap tattoo gun. Uh uh-uh, uh, I said tattoo gun, sorry. Sorry to the gods of tattoos. I am stupid. It's tattoo machine. Tattoo yes. nunchuck. No, you know, because I'm tired, but I get very mad at people that call it tattoo gun. It's a tattoo machine. So, Paki, no. But anyway, anyway, the only one that got infected was you. Of course, me. it was you. And the embarrassment to go to the doctor, you know. And he was so nice. He didn't make me feel weird or anything. But the thing is that I went there and I did this long premise. I know about tattoos. I am very responsible. I researched the tattoo artist. I pay good money. Like, I wait years to find the perfect one. And the, and the doctor and was there. And then the night you decided to drink five bottles of yeah, absinthe. Yeah, and I was like, you know, but we were drunk. I got infected. And he was like, oh, okay. Take these antibiotics. All good. But, you know, but I felt so bad. But you because owe the doctor I, an apology. <laughs> no, that I, I, have, I don't want to be seen as the cheap yeah. drunk that gets tattoos when I spend shitloads of money on my body to have nice tattoos. Hmm. You know? what i mean absolutely but yeah we played in spain it was a lovely time uh we shared hotel and therefore stayed in the lobby at the same time as uh sodom who are from gifts and Kish, and as my mom is and of course i didn't dare to say a single word to them so you know business as usual mm-hmm. but i thought that was cool i actually saw them play that was very cool first time i saw sodom good stuff so that was uh, day one of my magical festival weekend, during which you had a little, I don't know, festival of your own? Yes, I was in Cork, Ireland, for another conference, the EASR, 
that is a conference for religion studies, a sociology of religion, and um, yeah, it was interesting because, uh, well, before saying the bad part, let's say the good side, my presentation. Okay, what I presented uh, was, the title was When Improper Becomes Resistance, Dynamics of Transgression to Religious Authoritarianism Among Young Iranians. Uh, this because um, the panel that I participated in uh, was about the, the topic was uh, improper, uh, proper or not. And uh, yeah, it went very well. It was a very nice conference. Me and all my peers from uh, um, religion studies here in Helsinki went. My supervisor was there. It was fantastic. Massimo Introvigna was there. That is... The Massimo Introvigna, yes. <laughs> that for Explain. you is like, woo. <laughs> Uh, Dickinson was there. No, uh, he's like an Italian sociologist, very well respected right. in uh, in religion studies and sociology. So he's, yeah, I was shook. I was I, shook. I love that every field has its own stars, and outside yeah. of that, it's also like, you know, and that's true. Like everything is, it's all clicks. Some are bigger than others, but it's all clicks. Like <laughs> my, my dad doesn't necessarily know who Glenn Tipton is. Mm-mm-mm. So it's always funny that. Oh yeah, and I should note EASR is European Association for the Study of Religions. So mm. that is what uh, the conference was about. And the Cork is uh, a super cute little, well, fairly small city. Mm. Um, for being an European city, it was. Is it very small. Irish? Very Irish. The campus was lovely. It was like, oh my gosh, so, 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 so Irish. Like, so beautifully Irish. Problem is that no one... No, okay. Mexico, love you. Mexico City, love you. Because even outside, people were wearing a mask. Like, it was really, like, a lot of them. Uh, it was fairly common still to wear a mask also outside, um, and that was at the beginning of June, right? But uh, EASR was at the end of June, uh, the last week, um, so, you know, not so far apart, COVID situation-wise, around mm. the world, but in Cork, no one had the mask. So we all came back, and one after the other, our WhatsApp group was like, crap, I am positive, crap, I am positive, crap, mm. I am positive. And I tested twice in the evening and I was like, wow, I am negative. And I was very happy. Why? Okay, because the day after was the last day of Tusca. Now, I didn't miss a Tusca this would have been the first one in 20 years, something like that. Mm. So I was happy to participate at least at the last one. Why? Because my medical study from Iran, Confess, was here in Helsinki for to talk at the conference, uh, that, uh, the Tusca conference. And our friends, 
our friend, our good buddy, <laughs> Devin Townsend, invited us to Tosca. Mm. So we were going to see Devin Townsend, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I get up in the morning, I am all like makeup done, hair done, dressed like I'm going to a metal festival, all good, Gucci, all nice. And then I have a sniffle. And then I feel a bit like, hmm. And I say, well, it might be my horrible summer allergies. But as I'm gonna meet Confess, you have to go on tour. Uh, Devin Townsend is there. Just let me be a good person. Mm. And let me test again. Tadaradan, it was positive. So I got COVID for the second time. Meaning we had to stay totally divided in our apartment. Mm-hmm. You for went that is that is where those days went. That's, I was thinking it was more than one day this summer we saw each other. Well, but that, but it, was, that was, uh, was two days. Exactly. That we basically didn't exactly. see each other. That is, that is, that, that is where That's the two days plus one. That is mm. when I, you take the dog and I go. But yeah. Yeah, but you went to Tusca at least to check uh, our friends. Yeah, I was checking our friends in Rebellics and I was caught at the beginning of Devin's set and then I was walking around, I'm alone and my wife is sick at home and uh, I'm going back home. Yes. So, you know, it was what it was. Uh, Then you went to tour. Yeah, exactly. But before that, too. Okay, question about now religion studies. Mm. I, I don't know if people have to disclose this at the at the door upon upon entry to you know to the class, mm-hmm. but how be how how many are religious who do religious studies? Oh, I wouldn't know that. I, I don't know. I guess you mean like believers. Yeah, like does it I come wouldn't up? know. I, I like there are people that, for example, at the conference, um, I will not mention names, but there were people that were obviously. Hmm. Uh, religious people studying sociology or religious studies, study of religions. You can hmm. call it uh, either you say religion studies or study of religion, and then uh, if you are more in my field, it's sociology or religion. Hmm. But anyway, I wouldn't know. Uh, I know that here in Finland, we are like all of my peers, uh, I guess. The big ninety nine point nine percent are atheists. So, yeah, because what I imagine is that you either go into that because your life is so built around religion, meaning you are a believer in something that draws you in there, or you see it completely from the outside, you know, and study yeah. it as yeah, you yeah, know yeah. as a part of a a mechanism in society, and it's just for the but fascinating no, because I am um, we are not talking theology mm. anyway, so. The study of religions is very um, multidisciplinary because there are friends of mine that come, for example, to a conference such as uh, this one or that do attend the religion studies uh, research seminar, for example, but that they study something that is between uh, folkloristic and religion mm-hmm. or sociology and religion and mm-hmm. you have sociology mm-hmm. or religion so it's a really wide wide um, field mm. so it's not that you are uh, you end up in religion studies just if you are 
pro or core religion. No, you know no, what no. I mean? Okay, fair enough. You can be an anthropologist first and foremost and then meet with religion studies. Uh, sociology, uh, sociologists is very common when it goes to, you know, yeah. many religion studies are uh, are sociologists, for example. But no, interesting question, but I wouldn't know. Did you know anything particular Irish? Did you have a potato? No, uh, I just went out and about. <laughs> no, I, di- I didn't. Actually, it was freezing, freezing cold. Freezing cold. Well, they are famous here for their like, disappointing summers. I've heard. Here was plus thirty something, mm. and there was plus six something. Mm. But we had fun. Like I was with, you know, I was so happy to be with my peers from, you know, uh, here in Helsinki mm. and listen to their presentation because I can really brag about my peers. If you think that is interesting what I study, you have no idea what others are studying. Um, you, got a, you got a juicy example? Just Like conspiracy, title. for example. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, there are studies that touch into conspiracies. Uh, there are studies that are about video game spirituality. Mm-hmm. Or a friend of mine is studying uh, liquid religion slash parody religion, for example, discordianism. Mm-hmm. So it's it's so wide. It's a very interesting. Um, if you are slightly interested into religion, then the study of religions is fantastic because then you can pair religion with any other field of your interest. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, religions are still very important in our societies and they they still um, influence us a lot. And, and also politics. Relevant to be understood, relevant yeah. to be studied, and I guess also yeah. a very significant pathway in, um, into trying to understand yeah. humans overall. Yeah. You know, and also hail Satan. Yes. So yeah, okay, Cork. And uh, meantime, well, you were so you went as uh, there was some some overlap back and forth basically where you had to go to Ireland when I was still on my way mm-hmm. for the festivals. And uh, so so we are both on the road then I come home before you and and play with the dog for a few days mm-hmm. before you come back from Ireland. But I was also then on Hellfest. Mhm. Which, you know, Hellfest is Hellfest, is something to be hyped, you mm-hmm. know. And we played uh, third to last on the main stage and did all of that. And uh, I... Care how to even explain <laughs> one of those. Um, the show went well enough. Also, there John was uh, throwing out roses to the audience to... Uh, I can never I I, I I don't pronounce French words pretty. Especially not the names, but Serge Gainsbourg. Mm-hmm. Blah 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 He was walking around throwing flowers to that and I found it amazingly funny. It and he was blue, white and red. Yeah, yeah, we uh, uh, we sucked up a bit to the French. Mm. To be perfectly honest, I don't think I would ever do red, white, and blue roses in the States. Mm-hmm. 
No. <laughs> you don't need that. You do plan all that on your own. But when a Swede comes and do it, does it in France, and especially because France, well, U.S. are very nice to us as well. That's not what I'm saying. But you know, it it felt right then and there. So yeah, that was cute. And uh, I also James Hetfield saw the show. So and um, Metallica have not called yet. So I guess it was a catastrophe. <laughs> no, but that was a. Fan. Can I say one thing? I was very proud when Thank I you. saw you. When I was unable to see you, like because I watched the video mm. of the concert and you guys were so small on that huge stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was very proud. So that was a bit of a fanboy moment, of course, especially you know John being the Metallica guy he is. Mm-hmm. Um, that was yeah, that's sweet. the one thing that I wanted to ask you actually. Who is the Metallica guy? There is John. It's John. Like, it's it's yeah. fun. I was thinking about this in the band. How it is like everybody likes the the things, but then one band is the guy who really mm. likes that thing. So okay, it, wait. Let me see if I guess all of them because I shouldn't know this. Okay, easy, John. Uh, no, I'm no, I, I'm I'm saying John. Well, John is Metallica. When you say it, yeah, Jonas. He's death metal, so... No, but that's not... He's not the death metal guy. Because that's havoc. Cannibal no, Corpse I'm, I'm, is I'm, havoc. I'm lifting specific bands out. Cannibal uh, Corpse is havoc. Could be, but there's another one I would put for Henrik. Well, Pantera is team. Mm-hmm, yes. Well, Kongel likes Devin Townsend, but he's not the Devin Townsend. Well, that would be me. This is great, great podcast <laughs> material right here. You have to think about it. Okay, I give up. What's Jonas that? is the Iron Maiden guy. Ah, dear fuck, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so I have John being Metallica guy. Yeah. Tim is the Pantera guy. Yeah. Jo- um, Jonas is the Iron Maiden guy. Henrik? I say the Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, I will put something else there, I told you. Every time I see him, uh, we listen to Cannibal Corpse, so I don't know. He's the, the Slayer guy to me. Because, oh, okay. the, it's because yeah, we are all Cannibal Corpse guys at the end of the day. Yeah, but Herrick is especially Cannibal Corpse guy. Not more than, more than you. Yeah, more, more than, than you, me. that's for Fine, sure. sure, but all, overall it doesn't stand out in the same way to me. Okay. Um, and then I am... Maybe nowadays the Judas Priest guy then to yeah. make the classic band thing because yeah. that was kind of the point yeah. when I was thinking this. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, so that was just funny. But so John is a Metallica guy. But then something we all are is, and here's uh, this was a sweet moment, is when uh, Tim comes going because then um, he started playing with that other band he has with uh, Dave Vincent and what were they called? Um, I will talk and look at the same time here, to uh, because the welcome to the behind the scenes moment here on the podcast, as I will. Uh, there he is, and he is in. Yeah, there we go. Ultimas were playing there, mm-hmm. which means that the greatest extreme metal drummer in the world, like my, are my top two, a shared. There's a shared first place for extreme metal drumming in my world. And it's Gene Hogland and it's this guy. And it's Flo Monnier. Mm-hmm. So then, and, and 
so Tim comes walking as I'm sitting outside with our manager outside a little dressing room thing and like oh when you're standing all of that it would be so cool to say hi like I got it buddy let's go and say hi and suddenly psh, the whole band is behind me <laughs> because everyone is like little you know little kids for this and at this which is I don't know at this point I think I dare say that we probably sell more tickets than cryptopsy you know mm-hmm. uh, but at this that doesn't matter it yeah. will never matter they mm-hmm. are what they are meant to us and how we evolve as musicians because we all strive to be like someone in cryptopsy for a while mm-hmm. uh kevin will say so you know tap tap on a mu- muscular man's back excuse me are you from here yeah mm-hmm. and then we are like just and you know we're so big fans we're in the band called avatar we play here but you're so amazing like, do you like us are you bleep you know he was being funny <laughs> And like, so anyway, this is my drummer. He's much slower than you. And and then, and then Jonah, and, and Jonah showed the tattoo. And Jonah says this cryptsy tattoo on his calf. And he's like, oh yeah, I want to check the original. And he turns around and shows this huge cryptsy tattoo on his back. And, and it was really cool. And, and it was, uh, yeah, top fanboy moment of the summer. Nice. And that says something, because there will be some fanboy moments coming up. Mm-hmm. However, I think for now... We we have reached the first two weeks of the summer. Yes. And we this uh, we've been talking for like an hour. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're gonna say to be continued. Yes. So we should remind our socials. Yes, I'm on Twitter. It's Johannes underscore Avatar. You are on Twitter. Where I am. On Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> and I am Ekstrompaki. Yes, and I am on Instagram. It's Johannes underscore Avatar there too, because I'm the I'm thinking. You are on Instagram. Paki underscore metal break. And speaking of Instagram, Confess, yes, my case study from Iran, uh, was act yesterday. They lost something like 17k followers or more. Um, it was really scary to just keep on refreshing and seeing mm. the counting going down. Uh, so... Let's build them again. Go on Instagram, confessband.official. Confessband.official. Give them a like, give them a lot of love because they deserve it. And it doesn't matter how many times uh, the status quo wants to put them down. They are just to quote them as a phonics that keeps on rising higher and higher. Yes. So, yeah, do that. And Teesprings. What, yeah, teespring.com. Teespring is T-E-E spring. Teespring.com slash stores slash metal break. You get some metal break merch. Patreon. Patreon.com slash metal break. Yes. And that's it. That's plenty. That's enough in this day and age. Did, you know, I mean, if you go back to the... To, 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 I don't remember the guy's name. So I was about to say something funny. You, listener, you say something funny instead. And so, and then we make it past that. Good. Yes, but I give you a challenge. Share the podcast on, for example, Twitter or uh, Instagram. Tag us and tell us what was the best event for you this summer. That's a great idea. But you need to share us. Yeah. Because I'm not coughing on mercy here. 
Yeah, that's made no sense, but that is our end tagline. Let's do it properly. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening. No coffee. No mercy. Bye-bye. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.